millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi there, and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. And I want to talk a little bit today uh, about the Democratic National Convention of 1968, uh, the events that surrounded and the implications of those events. The convention of the Democratic Party to decide who would be the presidential candidate in the 1968 election um, to uh, succeed Lyndon Johnson came in the middle of a, a year, in, in August, um, of, of a year of immense political violence and chaos. Uh, in April, the uh, civil rights uh, leader Martin Luther King had been assassinated, and in June, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. And Lyndon Johnson had decided, following a humiliation in uh, the Democratic Party's primaries, um, not to seek the presidential uh, nomination. He comes forth in the New Hampshire primary, and this is an epic humiliation for a president that won the largest uh, landslide victory of any president in US history, uh, just four years before, absolutely wiping the floor with Barry Goldwater. Now, if you want to know a bit more about that, um, you can go back a few uh, podcasts and find the, the one on Goldwater that, that I did. Johnson was um, partly helped by the fact that Goldwater, an extreme right-wing libertarian, um, his ideas were out of step with uh, the broad uh, popular thinking in America at that time. But those ideas uh, would uh, see Ronald Reagan into the uh, the White House two decades later. Johnson uh, was uh, humiliated mainly by anti-war uh, elements of the um, Democrat Party. He's humiliated particularly in uh, 1968, as it's a year where the Vietnam War escalates in its, uh, in its seriousness um, and becomes a, a real feature in the kind of American public discourse. 
Up until 68, um, America, the Vietnam War had been rumbling on. It, for many Americans, it's something happening far away that doesn't seem to concern them very much. Is probably um, not a particularly um, not a, a particularly uh, a great interest, and um, but perhaps something that ideally America. Um, either should be able to resolve quickly using its uh, military power or uh, should absent itself from. But the, there's the, the intensity of feeling over Vietnam becomes a, sig- a signature feature of American life in 1968. Largely because between March and September that year, the Tet Offensive uh, in uh, Vietnam was underway. This was the... Uh, a mass invasion by uh, the North Vietnamese army, assisted by Viet Minh uh, guerrillas in the south um, of uh, South Vietnam. Um, this was a, a bold and daring uh, attack on dozens of uh, South Vietnamese cities using the Ho Chi Minh Trail. And um, it takes the Americans by surprise. The, the Ho Chi, the Viet Minh, and the North Vietnamese Army are resoundingly defeated in the battlefield uh, by um, the Army of the Republic of um, Vietnam and by the uh, U.S. forces. But the combined effect on um, or the American audience back home watching it, watching Walter Cronkite's uh, TV reports, um, is one of bewilderment and fear and panic and um, a sudden realisation that this obscure and faraway peasant people are not going to give up, um, not even give up without a fight. They're not going to give up at all for any reason ever. The um, fear um, that this strikes into um, uh, into a country enjoying an unprecedented levels of affluence and uh, wealth is is striking. Um, this might be a question for uh, sociologists or even psychologists as to why it is when countries become more affluent they tend to become less inclined to uh, send their loved ones off to fight and die. Um, but there was also a, a kind of a, a question mark hanging over the, um, the uh, ne- necessity of the cause in Vietnam. Anyway, um, Vietnam becomes a, a, a key feature of American life in 1968, because, partly because of the medium of television. And the um, finally the the ability of uh, journalists, very well respected journalists like Cronkite, to uh, go on the TV and say, "Well, I suspect we're not going to win this one, ladies and gents." Anyway, um, with Bobby Kennedy out of the picture, and due to his untimely death, and Johnson's decision not to seek um, the uh, nomination, renomination. Um, the uh, nominee was Hubert Humphrey, and um, his vice presidential running mate was Edmund Muskie, and the two of them faced the more liberal duo of Eugene McCarthy and George McGovern. Uh, now, the irony here is that Humphrey winds up getting the nomination, even though 80% of the primary voters had been uh, had voted for anti-war candidates, of which 
um, McCarthy was the, the most significant. Now, it has been implied in the past that uh, Johnson, whilst out of the race, uh, did not want one of his fiercest critics, McCarthy, to succeed. Instead, he uh, used his traditional um, skill for uh, arm-twisting and uh, bringing pressure to bear and browbeating to make sure that Humphrey, his his vice president, now had a clear shot at the um, president at the nomination. Um, another figure uh, of uh, renown and sort of infamy at this point is the Democratic mayor of Chicago, Richard Daley, who is also thought to have wielded a great deal of um, influence um, throughout the uh, the primaries. Um, Daly experiences rather an unfortunate um, set of problems uh, during the convention in that uh, he believed that um, the media spotlight on Chicago would be a, a great way of him announcing... Um, the uh, the city under his leadership and showing what uh, a Democrat city looked like. Um, he thought it would be um, really, really quite uh, quite impressive. However, the problem he has is the Youth International Party, the Yippies, um, the counterculture uh, anarchists, and uh, general uh, troublemakers in the eyes of the Democrats had descended upon the convention um, in order to protest against the Vietnam War. And the the, uh, force arranged to stop them was the decidedly reactionary Chicago police, along with the uh, Illinois National Guard. And there's some interesting class dynamics happening here. The police, by 1968, and National Guardsmen, um, were not especially sympathetic to um, college students and young radicals, mainly of a, a middle to upper middle class background. Um, these were, you know, work. Um, these were working class guys, and they, the police, the National Guard, and, um, and other similar institutions, who um, looked upon uh, the uh, demonstrators as spoiled rich kids who didn't know um, anything about serving their country, patriotism and, and all the rest. Um, and they were um, they took about them with uh, clubs and uh, tear gas. Uh, and that's uh, uh, no small amount of enjoyment, one suspects. Um, and there is this uh, interesting uh, class division that runs throughout Vietnam War protests, uh, the uh, working class construction workers who um, cheered Richard, Richard Nixon um, seem to be quite up for um, a, a, a fight within um, in, in Vietnam, or referred by the new left um, as referred to by the new left as hard hat fascists. The problem that the new left always faced was this: is that in wealthy, advanced uh, Western countries where working class people um, had uh, a certain reasonably good standard of living, 
It's very difficult to get them to be revolutionary. It's very difficult to get them to um, disobey the state or to disagree uh, or even want to disagree with um, official uh, policies, particularly military ones overseas. These are um, associated in the minds of um, the uh, the you know, working class construction workers, police, and other such uh, groups as being you know fairly fairly positive things. Um, the whilst you might, you find many um, people in uh, many working class people in America in trade unions, the trade unions themselves, the AFL and the CIO, what would previously be the Knights of Labour, um, these institutions are not radical at all. They're highly um, conservative with a small C, um, and they look after the interests of their their members, but they don't have any wider kind of radical or emancipatory politics. They are, class war is not their thing at all. Um, so it left the new left kind of scratching their heads a little bit, thinking, well, you know, the, the core of support, the proletariat, this is, you know, Marx, the people that Marx always theorised would rise up in revolt against the system. Well, they love the system. And this is perhaps why the new left um, uh, from the 60s and 70s and even the 80s embraced really identity politics, you know, the uh, struggles for black and gay and lesbian and, and uh, female emancipation, um, hoping to build a kind of a progressive block um, of, um, you know, supposedly oppressed minorities. And that doesn't really happen either, really. Um, but anyway, we, that's a, a whole other kind of series of... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Podcasts on why the left appears to have failed in the 20th century. Actually, my, my, my final digression... The podcast I did about two or three um, episodes ago on Antonio Gramsci um, has a lot to say on, on this subject, or most of what Gramsci did, not me. Anyway, contemporaries uh, who were writing at the time of the Democratic National Convention in 68 
refer to Chicago looking like an armed military camp and the uh, Students for a Democratic Society and the Youth International Party uh, made um, vague and probably uh, unfair comparisons between uh, militarism in America and militarism in Vietnam. It's a slightly naive perspective, I suppose, um, because the militarism in Vietnam resulted in the deaths of you know, about a million people in the Indo-Chinese subcontinent, whereas the uh, the armed camp occupying Chicago it was an, obviously connected to the anti-Vietnam War protests, but in in no way comparable to to Vietnam itself. So by August the 28th, 10,000 protesters had uh, gathered in Chicago. Um, There was a rally in the afternoon, that day, and the um, Students for a Democratic Society um, encouraged the uh, protesters to spread out throughout the the, the city. Um, It was uh, believed that uh, should this, uh, should the, um, uh, should Daly's, police crack down on the protesters they would have to do it on a city-wide basis this would generate maximum publicity for the protests and uh, bring a state of kind of urban conflict to chicago um this would uh, presented the uh, democrats at the convention with a kind of an apocalyptic scenario um and it was um the attack on the uh, students, uh, the protesters, uh, that begins in the park and the protesters respond by hurling missiles at the police. The results of the protests are shocking to uh, the rest of America. Um, Again, place this in the context of 1968 when senior Political figures are being assassinated. The Tet Offensive is being broadcast, and there's a sense that um, the country is becoming almost ungovernable. That there is violence and chaos on the streets. Um, the uh, country is kind of divided, shocked at the actions of the police, who seem exceptionally violent, dragging students by their hair and protesters by their hair, beating them and throwing them in the back of vans. But also shocked. Uh, the activities of the protesters themselves um, who uh, appear to be attacking the police. Um, The police, by and large, have the far, far the upper hand in terms of violence on the day. Uh, But the way in which the uh, protests are presented um, suggests to many Americans that the anti-war protesters are the um, the trouble with the instigators and the uh, aggressors, and there is a, generally a sense of uh, anxiety and confusion over uh, why there uh, why young people particularly um, appear to be you know un- what one would call unpatriotic. Um, why it is young people would do anything as uh, absurd as criticise or attack um, authority and particularly the authority um, that is prosecuting um, an overseas war against this alien ideology of communism. Um, the uh, um, 
protesters um, chant, the whole world is watching, um, and the, uh, the whole world does appear to, to be watching. The verdict on the protests was drawn up in uh, a document called the Walker Report, which concluded, uh, this was led by Dan Walker, uh, the governor of Illinois, um, and it concluded that you know the protesters had provoked the police. However, the police had reacted with enormous and disproportionate violence uh, against the uh, protesters, um, and had um, really uh, used a, a huge amount of um, indiscriminate force, not just against protesters, but also against bystanders as well. Um, so much so that Walker referred to the attacks as a police riot. The violence outside began to flow into the hotel, into the, the Hilton Hotel, um, where the convention was based. Um, partly through the actual amount of tear gas used, it began to sort of pour into the hotel. But also the pro-war and anti-war factions within the Democrat Party began to snipe at each other uh, on the convention floor. Um, Abraham Ribicoff, for example, from Connecticut, um, he is uh, a McGovern, um, uh, McGovern supporter, and in nominating McGovern, he referred to what was outside of what was happening uh, as Gestapo tactics. And this was a clear uh, dig named at Daly. And I find it interesting that the, the kind of the, the language of the, the new left, the language of the uh, student movement, the um, Students for Democratic Society, you know, the Gestapo, talking about the police as Gestapo, as Nazis, as pigs, that kind of thing. It's really translating into um, the higher echelons of the, the Democrat Party itself. So it gives you a, a, a clue as to um, how, how kind of popularised some of these sentiments. The um, effect of the convention was to gain an immense amount of support, not for the Democrats, but for the Republicans, particularly for Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon, throughout 1968 and into 1969, pledged to restore order to America, and he pledged to restore um, not just kind of the, the rule of law and order, but um, the uh, ideas and beliefs of what he referred to as a uh, silent majority. Um, the people in America who were bewildered and troubled by the pace of social and cultural change during the 1960s, who looked upon um, the uh, generation of protesters and radicals and members of the counterculture and were bewildered by them and found you know, life, uh, America a, a bewildering and unrecognisable place. It must be um, emphasised here that um, the archetypal long-haired um, hippie uh, in San Francisco taking LSD with the Grateful Dead and turning up at Woodstock is a tiny, tiny, tiny proportion of the, the vast majority of young people in America, who, the majority of whom, as with uh, young people in, in Britain during the 1960s, is a very, very conventional, almost... Um, you know, standardised, normal, conventional, unadventurous 
lives during the 1960s who certainly didn't drop out or uh, take LSD or anything like that. So the prevalence of this perception tells us a lot more probably about the media in America in the 1960s than it does about any kind of reality. And the um, the uh, riots at the Democratic National Convention only helped to reinforce that image. So perhaps the Democratic National Convention decided the uh, upcoming election for uh, Richard Nixon uh, in uh, the end of '68. The trial that followed the um, uh, Democratic National Convention uh, riot saw um, the prosecution of what's known as the Chicago Eight. Abby Hoffman uh, of the, the Yippies, Tom Hayden of the SDS, um, Jerry Rubin, David Dellinger, Rennie Davis, John Freund's, uh Lee Viner, and interestingly, Bobby Seal of the Black Panther Party. Um, Black, uh, Bobby Seal was the, the only uh, black activist to be uh, tried in the Chicago 8 trial. They were charged with um, conspiracy and incitement to riot, all of which carry hefty, hefty sentences. Um, and um, in 1970, um, five of the defendants were convicted on uh, a lesser charge of intent to incite a riot, um, but none were found guilty of conspiracy. Of the five that were sentenced uh, to five years in prison, um, they were uh, their convictions were reversed. Uh, by the Court of Appeals in 1972, um, which sent out a kind of an interesting and powerful message um, about the uh, the Vietnam War era, just as the war is um, coming to a close, and about the um, almost the validity of protest. Whilst no one could openly suggest that the protests had been valid, it was implied that um, there was there were there were at least mitigating circumstances, um, and there were um, all sorts of irregularities with the trial. That uh, there was it was implied that the judge might have been biased, because defence attorneys were uh, not. Um, allowed to uh, screen the jury for um, possible cultural or, or racial bias. So there may have been uh, people in the jury with their own preconceptions uh, about the defendants. And uh, if the um, cephology is um, correct on this one, that the, um, there would be a huge shift towards Nixon as a result of the Democratic National Convention, you can understand that perspective, that there would be people who would have been more than happy to send some hippies and uh, a dangerous-looking black activist to, to jail. OK, well, that's everything from me. Um, I'm just going to um, let you know, uh, if you are out there and you're a teacher, um, that my new newsletter, uh, Outstanding History, um, can be downloaded at www.outstandinghistory.com forward slash instant dash access and you'll get a to a uh, an initial hello gift of uh, five uh, lessons ready to roll on everything from civil rights to Stalin's Russia 
and then weekly updates of everything uh, that you need to know from the brilliant world of explaining stroke outstanding history with uh, lesson help and resources and ideas and plans and concepts and all the works. So sign up and uh, I'll catch you on either the next Explaining History podcast or the next Outstanding History newsletter. All the best. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 